0: All righty. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to it. It's a brand new week. It is the 9th of April. April, No, May 2022. It's a Monday. Happy Monday to you. I am Derek Hunter. I am your host. I'll be your host for the next panel. 45 minutes, 50 minutes, 100 hours. I don't know. We'll see how well it goes. I appreciate you listening, downloading, sharing, telling a friend, all that good stuff. Hope you had a great Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all of the people out there who either gave birth or uh, married into a, a family where there are already children and became a stepmother. If you are a dude for playing dress up in your head, yeah I'm going to pass on wishing you a happy Mother's Day. Anyway, if you're a man who gave birth for some weird reason, call Guinness, cause, uh, or Ripley, cause I don't believe it. Anyway, we got an action-packed program we'll get to in a second. Uh, the winner of the contest will be announced at the end of the program, so you just have to stay tuned for that. It's not going to be a very long show today. So you'll uh, find out at the end, well, you'd know if you won, if you checked your messages on Patreon at patreon.com slash Derek Podcast. You uh enter to win there that 's how it works, and every week we have everybody's a winner, really, but every week somebody wins something tangible and I can tell you that this week is this week's contest is going to be a rematch, not because um, nobody won, somebody won, it just so happens that I had another one, so I was going to go and go hey let's do a rematch, find out a rematch of whom and what at the end of the show now let's get on with the show. We got a lot of uh, ground to get to. We've got lots of things to talk about. Let me just, uh, well, where to start? It's one of those days where you're sitting there and you're, they're still freaking out about abortion. They're still having craziness about abortion. We'll get to that. But I saw this story and it's interesting to me as a former Hill staffer that this is where we are. As a country where they're thinking about unionizing up on Capitol Hill. They, honestly, they're thinking about allowing congressional staffers to unionize. Nothing could be dumber. Nothing could be more worthless. Nothing could be stupider than doing that. And of course, Democrats are doing that. And of course, Democrats are doing this, considering this, at a time right before they're about to lose control up on Capitol Hill. So they'd be able to set this ball of fire rolling down a hill and then lose control and leave Republicans there to deal with their mess. Democrats are exceedingly good at that. It's wildly stupid. But they did. Let's see. Punchbowl News this morning. Jake Sherman, he used to be at uh, NBC News. He left to found Punchbowl News. And you sit there and you go, why the hell would anybody leave a job? Like, does the world need another, another news outlet? From the left, is that what we need? But anyway, says uh, we broke a big story this morning. Speaker Pelosi is setting a minimum salary for all House aides, $45,000. Aides have been more vocal this year than ever before about the working conditions on the Hill. Each office operates as its own entity, and this would ensure a minimum compensation for those hardworking staffers. It's a big move, he says. Um, then he continues at the same time, the house will vote next week on the unionization bill. This would allow Hill aides to unionize and bargain for work conditions, but not benefits or pay. The Hill is wrestling a bit with the unionization push, trying to figure out if and how it would work. (sighs) Now, when I worked up, what did I have? What was I, think I, was, I think I was paid $45,000 when I worked on the Hill as a press secretary. This is, the, this is the Senate side. So this Nancy Pelosi has no sway over that, no say over that. She can only control the House side, which there's more employees. But quite honestly, there are some jobs up on Capitol Hill that aren't worth $45,000 a year, if we're being honest. And I think we're allowed to be. I think we're still allowed to be honest. I believe so. Somebody can fact check me on that. There are certain jobs that simply aren't worth that kind of money. And when you have that many people and you're dealing with a government that is $30 trillion in debt, you kind of can't or shouldn't be just setting more money on fire, no matter how little amount it is. I know the argument, what's a drop in the bucket? The government is uh, spending... 12 15 billion dollars a day this is no this is like 50 cents a day yeah you know what do you if you got a leak in your roof and it's dripping in do you get mad at one you go well that drop doesn't matter but it's everything else that matters no that that puddle of water is made up of drops and to get it out to deal with the problem to dry it up you've got to dry up every single one of those drops you don't pick and choose which drops you deal with you have to deal with the whole thing if you don't want to work on the hill i get it i get it you also have a problem with uh, because you can't afford it i knew lots of people it took me a long time i could not have gone in as a staff assistant or a legislative aide on the hill i would not have been able to afford it I was living in Baltimore City at the time, right in downtown in uh, Mount Vernon. I, I was paying, I don't know, $500 a month in rent, something like that, so I could afford it. I had to commute for an hour so that I could afford it, so that I could afford to live. But there are other ways to do it. You could live with a bunch of roommates. I get it. It's thankless jobs, and uh, all these kids are up there, and it's annoying. But they're not talking about upping the quality of staff. Although, you know, some of those young staffers are pretty damn good. Most of them aren't. Most of them are up there to get the experience, get something on their resume, make connections so they can go and and make a bunch of money in the private sector or to uh, a lot of them are wealthy and just want to get drunk and laid. And that's part of the deal. I understand, but $45,000 isn't going to suddenly bring in a new professional class of people. You're dealing with one of the most expensive places in the country, if not the world, to live, Washington, D.C. Unless you're willing to have five roommates and basically uh, rent a room in a big house. There's a lot of people who do that, and it's perfectly viable for some people. I just didn't want to live with anybody, and uh, I didn't want people around my stuff people messing with my cats or anything. So I I wasn't interested in that. But if you're willing to do that, then you can afford to work on on Capitol Hill. If you really, this $45,000 is a prophylactic, if you will, in the time of abortion talk. If you really want to attract professionals, you're going to have to up the pay everywhere. It's politically untenable. You're not going to be able to pay everybody $150,000 a year. You'd have to... The members only make $179,000 a year, whatever it is. They'd like nothing more than to double that and say just bump everybody up. But then again, you start reaching the problem with when you start raising the minimum wage. You got to start raising the maximum wage. So why don't you just leave it up to the individual members to decide what to do? They just spent two years working remotely if you can do that effectively did you feel like wow government was really just uh, wasn't up to snuff for the past two years they didn't do enough well maybe if you're a liberal democrat you think that but if you recognize that you can work remotely then you can pay people to live in iowa and work on capitol hill Honestly, unless you're one of the few positions that meet with a member regularly or committee staff where they're a high-ranking member of that committee, you are uh, kind of unnecessary. might also encourage members to become better versed in these uh, positions. Instead of, I don't have to think about it, I have a staffer, and then the last minute they'll come in and brief me on what's going on, and I can just BS my way through it, you would actually start to learn the issues and become well-versed on it. Novel idea, I know, people whose job it is. Also, maybe government would work more slowly but more efficiently. Efficiency doesn't have to do with speed. Work more slowly but more efficiently with smaller staffs. You wouldn't get these massive bills. Maybe. They might still do it. But you wouldn't get these massive 2,000-page bills where nobody knows what's going on and you've got to pass it to find out what is in it and that sort of garbage. You might end up with people going, well, now that we've got to do the actual work, now that the people who are paid to do the job have to do the actual work, let's keep this legislation simple. Maybe, just maybe. But the worst idea in all of this is the idea that Hill staffers could unionize. Have we learned nothing? Of course, Democrats have learned everything. They have learned that the more people they force to join unions means the more money in their coffers. Unions are the Democrats' blood, lifeblood. They flow into the Democrats' veins, and Nancy Pelosi needs to have her blood changed regularly to keep that youthful exuberance that she has. These people are, what are they unionizing against? They're unionizing against us. They work for us, and they want union powers. So they for therefore want to unionize against us. To what end? If they cannot... Argue for if by law they won't be able to get new benefits or pay. And by the way, the the pay might suck on the lower levels. It's pretty good once you get higher up. And the benefits are better than most anything you'd get in the private sector, except for the extremely, extremely wealthy bosses out there. The Federal Employees Health Benefits Program, the FEHBP, is pretty damn good. You get a pension. On top of it so you know those sorts of things do you get a pension no you don't get a pension i bet so what are they going to argue for what do they want working conditions i say why i want better working conditions this needs to be nipped in the bud now nancy pelosi won't nip it in the bud maybe the membership will Republicans, I assume, will be against this because they have common sense. But maybe those Democrats out there need to think about this for a second and look at what's happening on your average college campus. Look at what's happening on your above average college campus. Look at what's happening in your law schools. Look up at Yale, these so-called future generation of leaders and judges, and uh, they're screaming people down, declaring themselves to be the law. You're going to empower them to set working conditions? Here's a general idea. Here's a really nice idea. If you don't like the job, quit. How's that sound? If you don't like the job, quit. If you can't afford to take the job, quit and get another job. When I graduated college in 2001, I had spent my spring break at a temp service, Ronstadt. I don't even know if they still exist. But there was one right on Capitol Hill across the street from the Heritage Foundation. I came out and stayed with my friend in Baltimore and came down to D.C. every one of those five days. The first three days, I temped at the Heritage Foundation in the media relations department. It was menial tasks. They just needed somebody to glue news clippings to pieces of paper and photocopy them, honestly. But I met people. I talked to people, and some of them are still my friends to this day. And then the other two days, I worked at a lobbying firm over on the House side. I can't even remember the name of it, but it was a lobbying firm that was for hire. It was one of those, we're a Republican, we're a Democrat, we're together, and now, you know, we're your one-stop shop for all lobbying. Lobbying firms come and go in Washington, D.C., by and large. I assume this one is gone, but it was a mid-sized firm. They both offered me jobs, both entry-level jobs, both minimal pay, very minimal pay. And it was uh, it was like 20, Heritage was like $25,000 a year. And uh, the other firm I can't remember was like $27,000 a year. And normally you'd go, hmm, well, I got to go for the more money because it's just entry level. Would you like fries with that work? And it really was. Heritage was in the bookstore. I, I was doing retail, but over the phone because it was on the fourth floor. I, uh, the other firm though, I passed, I couldn't do it. I had to make that decision. Would I be making, could I have gone on to become a high priced lobbyist? Maybe. I don't know that I'd be able to live with myself if I'd done that, but I possibly could have certainly much easier that path than the path I took if I wanted to be a high priced lobbyist is to start working in a high priced lobbying firm, start making those connections and, and seeing how it's done. But I couldn't do it for hire. I couldn't do it for hire. I believed in things, I still believe in things, and I wasn't about to go and sell out to make $2,000 more a year, which would still be, it was more than I'd ever made in my entire life by double at that point, point. and uh, I, so I took the job at Heritage, and I ended up here, so I mean, it worked out, but if you can't, if you don't like the working conditions, if you don't like the pay, if you don't like the schedule or whatever, quit. You're not doing people a favor by working on the Hill. What you're doing is you're taking up a slot that somebody else would happily fill. Now, granted, there's a 75% chance that it's some other D-bag who wants to just go up there to meet chicks and become a lobbyist themselves, but there's a 25% chance that it'll be somebody who wants to learn how this stuff works so that maybe one day they could run for office, or what have you. In any event, the idea of those people unionizing is asinine. You have to, as a public servant, be able to have the freedom to fire people at will, not have to go through a big process. They are unionizing against we the people. Democrats, I understand, they want this because if they can get a piece of everybody's pay into a union, then the good chunk of that will go into their campaign coffers. That's how Democrats work. That's why the Democrats own the teachers' union and will take a bullet for them. It's a symbiotic relationship where you you can't kill the, the parasite without killing the host. That's the Democratic Party. But it needs to be kept out of government. It should be kept out of government. There should be no public sector employees unions. Let's be honest. They aren't unionizing against government. They're unionizing against us because we are the government. They're unionizing. And they say, well, there's not going to be able to negotiate for benefits or pay. For now, for now, once you get that camel's nose under the tent, it's game on. No holds are barred. So I wouldn't trust Nancy Pelosi as far as I could throw her. I feel like I could throw her a pretty good distance. She seems old and very light, not particularly aerodynamic, but still. Um, I wouldn't trust her half as far as I could throw her. How's that sound? So unions know the idea of $45,000 a year. I understand why they're doing it. But uh, part of working on the Hill is you have to learn to sacrifice. Part of coming to Washington, you have to sacrifice. You have to go, well, do I want to commute an hour from Baltimore? Or do I want to have 15 roommates I met on Craigslist? It's all part of life. and We seem to be desperately scrambling to insulate people from life. And it's pathetic. It's sad. We should not be insulating people from life. That's what you learn from. That's what makes you better, or at least is supposed to. Maybe it makes all these people worse. Who the hell knows? But there, a lot of them are pretty bad to start off with. I want to shift gears to um, the dumbest human being in the United States Senate. The dumbest human being in the United States Senate, you know, who it's probably all of Congress. It's Maisie Hirono. Democrat senator from Hawaii, and you sit there and you go, why, why is she so dumb? Like, I don't know. As her parents were, her parents related to one another. Did they meet at a family reunion? I don't know. Why she's so dumb? I don't know why Flor or why Hawaii. Democrats in particular seem to find really incredibly dumb people to send to Washington D.C. They really do. There are some dumb Republicans too. But in general, the Democrats, the AOCs of the world, which is not particularly bright. Yeah, Madison Cawthorne, dumb, but at least he could chalk it up to being like 26 years old. And somebody, if I had grown up in the age of cell phones, where everybody had a cell phone and therefore everybody had a, a, a camera and a, a video camera in their pocket all the time, God knows what they would have filmed me doing and what I'd have to explain to future generations and probably a series of courts. I just wouldn't want to have to deal with it. So I'm grateful that we grew up at a time when we did before the cell phone camera or everywhere. So Madison Cawthorn didn't. Madison Cawthorn hasn't. And so he's got a bunch of videos of him doing stupid things. And so what? Who cares? Uh, I'm more interested in what he's doing as a member of Congress. Maisie Hirono doesn't have, you know, videos of her teenage years coming out and going. Well, you know, now I'm I'm embarrassed and I have to uh, explain that away. No, you don't. You. She's an elderly woman. She is not a spring chicken. She is seventy four years old. She has no excuse for being stupid. Can we just be honest? She has no excuse for being stupid other than stupid. You can say, well, you can chalk Madison Cawthorn up. You can even chalk some of AOCs up to, well, they're young and they don't really know. You'd think by the time they got elected to Congress, they would have a clue, but eh, whatever. But Maisie Hirono, being 74 years old, she's got no excuse. The only answer is she's dumb. She's dumb. Maxine Waters, up there in age, she's just dumb. She's had every opportunity and all the resources in the world to educate herself, and it just hasn't stuck. She's had experience that should have informed her decision-making process and so on, and it, isn't, it just hasn't stuck. And if it doesn't stuck, it's because you're dumb. Plain and simple. Well, Maisie Hirono is out there talking about abortion. God, she loves abortion. I don't understand these people who actually get off on abortion. I'm trying to look. I don't see that Maisie Hirono has any kids. Maybe she does. But uh, she loves abortion. And being stupid, she tries to make analogies. (laughs) Analogy here. Ask a question. And so... Well, let's just let her explain it.
1: I am just gobsmacked. I hardly know where to begin. But fundamentally, Republicans don't give a rip about women. They are more angry, incensed, and whatever words, uh, or outraged by the leak than they are by the fact that women in this country are going to wake up one morning and realize they no longer control their own bodies. I share the sentiments of my colleagues standing here and all the people out there who are outraged by what the Supreme Court, well, the the radical right wing justices on the Supreme Court are about to do. So I asked the question, is there anything we can do to men that even comes close to forcing a woman to have a baby? I tweeted that out and there are all kinds of really interesting reactions. Go to that tweet and you'll find out what's happening out there.
0: <laughs> is there anything out there? That is the equ I can't find any evidence that she has children. Thank God for that. Maybe her bloodline dies with her. But uh is there anything out there that you can do men, that is uh, even the equivalent of forcing a woman to have a child? The horror, the indignity, the awful awful uh, Look, Maisie, not every kid turns out like you. A shame to their parents. Some parents are quite proud of their children. It's true. Probably most parents are quite proud of their children. But I can think of something that uh, women, government, government officials can do to men that they don't do to women that they have. Actually, it's unlawful currently to do to women. And every time anybody suggests doing it to women as well, the uh, pearl clutchers, we're all the same class, immediately changes their tune and says, you can't do that to women. Women are mothers. You can't do that. They they use the women are mothers uh, defense when it suits them. Then they suddenly know they all become biologists and know exactly what a woman is and care deeply about uh, the birthing persons. But uh, I can think of one thing, Maisie, and that is they can draft us. You can draft us and send us to war. You can force us to kill and or be killed against our will. You can do that. We can't do that to women. Nobody can do that to women. You can't even really get into, ah, women are sort of in combat, but not in combat the way men are in combat. Now, if you want to trade, maybe we could, but no, I don't think you'd want to trade. I don't think you'd want to trade because you could put a child up for adoption. Nobody's talking about forcing anybody to actually have a kid you could you know if you're desperate to get an abortion you could get one done if you're desperate to not go to war i suppose you could try to become a conscientious objector or move to canada or something and maybe the next jimmy carter while we're in the midst of the next jimmy carter maybe the third jimmy carter will grant amnesty to everybody who dodged the draft even though there isn't a draft right now you get the idea if they instituted one if joe biden gets his way and we go to war with russia which we'll get to in a a second, Uh, then, you know, you run off to Canada and then be forgiven in 20 years or something like that. But I would say that it's a little bit of a big deal to be able to force men to kill. I tell you, think about, here's a little thought experiment for anybody playing the home game. If you were, uh, if there were to be a draft... there were to be a draft how many trans men would suddenly detransition or how many leftists would say well we can't have we can't actually draft trans men do trans men have to register with the selective service is that how it works do we know have we settled that yet and which way would the left fall on that one be very interesting because they're out there demanding that in the abortion discussion that we recognize that it's not just men or it's not just women who have abortion trans men have abortions too well no 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 they can't possibly we have been told that trans men are men men cannot get pregnant therefore something doesn't quite jibe, does it okay so the uh (laughs) When I saw this series of tweets, I thought that can't be—that can't be a real organization, can it? But it is. It's verified on Twitter, so it's legitimate. The Trans Journalists Association. They're—they're uh, they're at TransJA uh, for those of you looking for a Twitter follow. It says we're a collective of trans journalists making space for trans people in our industry and pushing for more accurate. Responsible coverage of trans stories. More accurate. Okay, so then we'll learn about all these uh, so-called murders of trans people that were drug-related and had nothing to do with them being trans. Is, is that, no, that's not what you mean? Never mind. They had a th- nice little thread the other day. Quote, as news coverage of Roe v. Wade continues, it is important to remember that people who are not women do get pregnant and do get abortions. How is that possible? With that in mind, here are some of our best practices. They're putting the journalism profession on notice. And you think, well, these people are nuts. Uh, What are you pointing out this for, Derek? The Associated Press Style Guide now recommends that you use pregnant people, not pregnant women. They're moving past birthing persons uh, because that sounds just so stupid. But pregnant people is just as stupid. And, but this is the AP style guide. This dictates what, how things are talked about. They continue. It is unnecessary to avoid the word "women" by uh, by substituting phrases like "birthing people," "people with uteruses," and the like. The language can offend both transgender and cisgender people. God forbid! It's just stupid. That should be the defense against it. It's just stupid. Instead, use phrases like abortion patients or people seeking abortions or other wording as applicable, e.g., pregnant teens. In many contexts, something as simple as patients and people can suffice. You have been put on notice by the Lavender Army. There, that's lavender with uh, the male, female, and I don't know, prince symbol in there. Um,. <clears throat> Terms like reproductive health care or gynecological care are preferable to women's health care. Yeah, I mean, you got to go get a, if you, forgive me, cover your ears for a second if you're easily offended. If you're going to get a pap smear on your penis, you've got mental problems. Your doctor, your doctor's ripping off your insurance company. I'm just saying. Uh, many people, cisgender and transgender, undergo medical procedures or have health conditions that alter their reproductive process. Yeah, dudes get vasectomies. It's sometimes important to use more limited and specific language. If discussing a study that only includes cisgender women, it would be most accurate to use gender-specific language, i.e. pregnant women, to reference the study's finding. Also, would be you know scientifically accurate since men cannot get pregnant. But I'll tell you what, this was the gist. This was the point of my uh, mocking column on Thursday. Let's have fully federalized, subsidized, paid for abortions. I personally would be willing to pay for them myself for all of them across the country. Am I wealthy? No, but hear me out. I would be willing to pay for every abortion across the country if it were for one, just for one month. If to find out, you know, we got a lot of hyperbole about abortion, a lot of claims out there about how many women have like one in three women have had an abortion. Now it's like, well, you're compensating for the the psychopath who uses it as birth control who had like eight abortions last year and seven the year before. It's not not really all women there, but. Let's find out the real truth about abortion by banning all abortions, halting all abortions, except for one specific group. And In the interest of bowing to our Democratic friends, I would like to put forth a compromise that would acknowledge what they would consider to be a marginalized community. They love to favor the marginalized community. So we'll find like the most marginalized you can possibly come up with. I will pay for all abortions. We'll choose women of color. Well, let's get more specific and more marginalized. We'll choose trans women of color. Trans women of color. I will personally pay for all the abortions for trans women of color for one month if we ban abortions else otherwise. Just to find out, we can extrapolate from the data that we collect in that one month um, how many women are having abortions, how um, necessary abortion is. And we'll go from there. And we'll let the data that we collect in the one month of unfettered abortion for trans women of color, what we glean from that. I think that's a fair compromise, right? Because trans women are women. They're not dudes who tuck it back. So they obviously need abortions, right? Because they're women. Trans women are women. We can just drop the trans, right? At some point, because they're women. They're real women except for the whole penis thing. So I will pay for those abortions. We'll find out, since they are women, we'll find out how necessary and how desperate for abortions the trans women, or just women in general, are by studying one small segment of actual, real, legitimate women, the trans women of color. And then we'll go from there. And I think if, if there is a demand, if we discover a demand we can then go and uh, maybe talk about funding, federal funding for abortion. But if there isn't this pent-up secret demand for abortions amongst this small segment of women, which we can then use methods of data to extrapolate to all women, then maybe we could, I don't know, not fund any abortions. Maybe we could end Planned Parenthood funding, things like that. Probably won't go for that. Democrats won't go for that because even though they insist absolutely unequivocally one hundred percent of the time that they're the trans women are women, they know that trans women aren't women. That trans women are share impersonators or whatever. It used to be called drag queens. Now we've got to we've told the drag queens, no no no, you're you're totally you're totally what you say you are. You're not I don't care if you want to live that way, knock yourself out, but uh, you are not going to need to worry about cervical cancer. I'm sorry if you really wanted to, you're just not going to have to worry about cervical cancer. If that bothers you, and if my saying so, that universal truth bothers you, you need help. You need help. Reality is not dependent upon your belief in it. It just is. It just is. So your Trans Journalist Association, I'm sorry, get over yourself. And they released a whole statement on how you should refer to that. And they say, you know, come on and, and give us, uh, here's our statement on how you can cover gender issues. And you sit there and you go, these people can't be real, but these people are far too real. They are far too real and they wield far too much power. If you can influence the Associated Press style book, which is not only how news stories have to be written about, it covers how textbooks are written, how university papers are written. It covers, it influences how we communicate with one another. In public forums, your op-eds, you can write your own thing, but no, 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 this doesn't comport with the Associated Press style book. We have to change it. It's a big deal. And then you get this out of Canada. This is the official position of the education department up in Canada. How old is from a pamphlet they hand out? How old do you have to be to know you're trans? Thank God for the Florida law, the parental rights law down in Florida and other states emulating it. How old do you have to be to know you're trans? Anyone can realize they're trans at any age. Children as young as 18 months old can identify themselves with gendered objects and have a feeling of what their gender identity is, even if it may be hard for them to describe. Some people figure it out at an early age, while others don't realize it until much later in life. Figuring it out at any age is completely okay. Completely o- What the hell are gendered objects, first of all? Can we not get past that sexism? So if your boy picks up a, a Barbie doll, then suddenly you gotta go out and buy the dream house? Is that the way it is? Now granted, my girls um, are decidedly not trans, because I bought, they've got, I have more Barbies than a freaking Target does, but I've bought a couple of Ken's, because, you know, the driving around in the sports car, they want a Ken, and it's weird, when it first got Ken, I don't know where they, they picked this stuff up, but, uh, Quinn would talk with, like, a southern accent as Barbie, Ken, what are you doing over there, Ken, like, where the hell did that come from, just like she would watch it too much Peppa Pig and she suddenly developed a little bit of a British accent when talking about daddy and she would refer to it to have a, a small blow up pool for them in the backyard and uh, she would ask to put on her swimming costume like where the hell does that come from and like oh yeah Peppa Pig. None of that thing makes me think she identifies as a pig and therefore we should consider banning bacon because it would be cannibalism. She thought she was Peppa Pig for a while, or aspired to be Peppa Pig. How insane! It can start as well as as low as eighteen months. No, it can't. No, it cannot. <laughs> it can happen at any time. Mental illness can strike at any time too. Maybe there's a, a maybe there's a reason. These things, all of these signs of are you trans or not, also dovetail with. The randomness and haphazard nature of various forms of mental illness. You're not allowed to say that. Somebody out there is clutching their pearls. They're squeezing them so tight that their hands are going to fuse to them. But it is true. It is true. Uh, these people are insane. Now, it's not... I want to play you this clip from this licensed therapist. Thank God for libs of TikTok. A lot of people, after being doxed by the Washington Post would have turned tail and run. But uh, libs of TikTok has gotten stronger, doubled the following out there. And now it's spreading. It's not even spreading the truth. It's spreading the actual things that these leftists are posting online of themselves. They're the ones posting these videos. This is a licensed therapist. It's not having to do with trans issue. It has to do with fat shaming. It's the same mentality as these people just want to, they look at reality and they go, I deny you. I deny you. Yes, I deny reality three times. You shall deny me three times. Listen to this woman, I assume. She's a little bit overweight. She's got some face piercings going on, so who knows what she identifies as. But she clearly identifies as somebody who's healthy, and uh, she isn't. She's not morbidly obese or anything, but she's she's got too much pounds. And she, rather than deal with it herself, and this is the problem. Instead of dealing with your problems, this is what leftists do all the time. Instead of dealing with their problems, they make their problems everybody else's problem. I could change this thing that's wrong with me or that's different about me or has an issue with me. But instead, I'm going to force everybody else to change to accept it. I'm not going to shower. I'm a person who doesn't shower. I stink. Now, you can all sit there and complain on this bus that you smell the high heaven and won't you take a shower. No, no, no. You have to accept me for who I am. I'm the abnormal person. And yes, that word exists and it does have a meaning. But I demand that uh, you treat me as though I am normal and you guys are abnormal. It's nuts. So this therapist says that intentional weight loss you know you got to lose some pounds and we could all lose some pounds that intentional weight loss is fat phobic why because she's fat and she doesn't want to go on a diet so she's trying to justify her being fat and trying to normalize her being fat it won't you can't really rationalize away your diabetes when you get it uh but and the heart disease you're going to give yourself but if this is how you want to live your life Live your life this way. Just stop inflicting yourself on everybody else. Listen to her.
2: So I figured that this question would probably come up sometime soon just because of the video and the topics that I cover. But let's break this one down. So intentional weight loss. So you purposely saying, I want to lose 20 pounds is fat phobic. And you might be like, what? Oh, my goodness. I'm not trying to be fat phobic, but you are. You're being fat phobic to yourself. Why do you want to lose 20 pounds? It's probably to fit into something smaller. It's probably so people treat you better. It's probably for all the reasons that fat folks are shamed simply for being fat. So by continuing to perpetuate that, right, seeking intentional weight loss, we are contributing to our fat-phobic society. So that's why intentional weight loss is fat-phobic.
0: Imagine the kind of drugs you had to have taken, the kind of uh, circus mirrors you had to have had in your various apartments to come to that conclusion. <laughs> you're sitting there and you, uh, intentional weight loss is fat-phobic and you're probably saying, what, how is it? No, I'm sitting here going, no, you're stupid. No, I'm saying you're effing stupid. You're an idiot. You're a psychopath. There's something fundamentally wrong with you as a human being. And when you do continue to grow because you'd rather take the elevator and have a donut rather than go maybe I shouldn't do either of these things and you get diabetes and uh, you go blind and all, maybe maybe then you'll go eh, that was probably a mistake. But probably not. You'll find some way to grouse about why is it that society is so dependent upon sight? You're sight-phobic. That's what the real thing is. The only way to truly live free and accept people is to have your eyes removed from your head. Intentional weight loss is fat-phobic. Who are these doctors that are letting this stuff go? Who are these medical doctors? going I mean, you're, you're healthy at any size, Lizzo. You're you know, 480 pounds. And you get winded standing still. But you know what? You really look good in lingerie. And uh, you keep singing. Because what? Because you're in the will? Like, why the hell would you? If you care about this person, you might go, the third bag of Doritos, I think, was crossing a line. Now, the first two, who am I to judge? The third one, probably just a bit of a bridge too far. That's just me. I don't want people to die horrible deaths, but uh, I'm not a liberal. So what are you going to do? By the way, since we're talking about all this irrelevant garbage, Ginger Goebbels, she's entering her last week of being press secretary, ready to go off and make big bucks over at MSNBC. She'll still be working for the Democrats. She'll just get a bigger check. It's a, see, the media now exists to reward Democrats. Serve the administration and then you get rewarded. She'll probably get a seven-figure book deal at least high six figures and she's being replaced by her deputy Karine jean pierre Karine jean pierre she the media is very excited about her she's the new york times Karine jean pierre has been named white house press secretary she will be the first black woman and the first openly gay person to serve in the role who cares who cares do you really care no, you know, she's been up there before. She's bad at the job. She's as full of it as anybody else. She's going to lie to the American public, but the media will go, but yeah, but she's she's black and gay. Oh, she's black. Okay, so what? So is Jussie Smollett. <laughs> is that really the standard? Just doesn't matter what you do as a human being, but it's what you look like and who you sleep with? We're all screwed, if that's the case. All right, I want to play you some audio, because we're... There's a couple of pieces of audio here that I want to get to before we run out of time. Ginger Goebbels, like I said, she's leaving. She's being replaced by a black lesbian. Oh, my goodness. So wonderful. So wonderful. So historic. I don't really care. You're lying to me. You're, you're full of crap. You're lying to me constantly. But uh, who do you sleep with? What you, oh, oh, you're gay? All right, well, then that's cool. Never, let's forget the lies. I couldn't help but notice your skin color is different than mine, too. So that's even doubly cooler. You, you go ahead. You keep lying to me. Now, nope, never occurred to me to say that. Never would occur to me to say that. But uh, on her way out the door, Ginger Goebbels still has a whole bunch of damage she could do. She's got to really now double down on it. She's got to suck up to her M- MSNBC colleagues over there. So she was asked by Peter Ducey, of course, because Peter Ducey from Fox is the only person who comes close to asking legitimate, interesting, probative questions that the speak truth to power crowd never bothers to, I don't know, ask anything legitimately interesting or uh, important of these people. But Peter Ducey does. And there's a left wing group, Ruth Sent Us is the name of it. Who is circulating the home addresses and a map of Supreme Court justices conservative supreme Court justices they don 't need i guess they don 't need to know where Elena kagan or uh, where Sonia Sotomayor live. They probably have you know pool parties at their houses over the week over the summer uh, so they're finding out they're telling everybody where the conservatives live so that they might go to their houses and protest and riot, and God knows what you know. Who knows? They want to scare the hell out of their children. They probably don't want to beat up their children. That would be counterproductive. I think that, that's not that they're wrong. They don't do it because it's, or they don't refuse to do it because it would be wrong. They do it because it would likely be counterproductive. That's how the left factors everything into their lives. Is will it help the cause? And so Ginger Goebbels was asked about this whether or not the president thinks this is a good thing and listen carefully to her answer because she won't condemn it she doesn't condemn the concept of going to somebody's house and screaming in the middle of the night making sure they can't sleep their neighbors can't sleep trying to turn all their neighbors against them when all it really does is turn uh, the neighbors against the idiots out on the street screaming at them but they uh, scare the children. You want to scare the children. You want to scare the family. You want to threaten the children and threaten the family. That's OK, because this is just so damned important to these leftists.
3: How about yesterday? though? So just about moving forward, these activists posted a map with the home addresses of the Supreme Court justices. Is that the kind of thing this president wants to help your side make their point?
4: Look, I think the president's view is that there's a lot of passion, a lot of fear, Uh, a lot of uh, sadness from many, many people across this country about what they saw in that leaked document. Uh, We obviously want people's privacy to be respected. We want people to protest peacefully if they want to to protest. That is certainly what the president's view would be.
3: So he doesn't care if they're protesting outside the Supreme Court or outside someone's private residence? I,
4: I don't have an official U.S. government position on where people protest. I want it, we, we want it, of course, to be peaceful. And certainly the president would want people's uh, privacy to be respected. But I think we shouldn't lose the point here. The reason people are protesting is because women across the country are worried about their fundamental rights that have been law for 50 years, their rights to make choices about their own bodies and their own health care are at risk. That's why people are protesting. They're unhappy. They're scared.
0: They're scared. Well, maybe someone like you, Ginger Goebbels, should explain to them why they shouldn't be. Maybe someone like you in a position with a megaphone and uh, certainly with the mental capacity to understand the truth that this would simply turn it over to the states... It wouldn't immediately make it illegal where, you, oh, no, we're all going to die. Get to the back alley. No, maybe you could explain it to people or you could say, hey, this is a draft opinion. Everybody calm the hell down. But no, you want that fear. You need that fear. They live in that fear. Why? Because, as I say constantly, irrational people are easy to manipulate. People who are emotional people who are worked up emotionally, they're easy to control. They freak out. Think of all the things you've had to apologize for in your life, all the dumb things you've done. How many of them have you done clear thinkingly and calmly and just made a conscious decision? You know what? I'm going to call this person a blippity-blop or whatever. I'm going to do it. You know what? I'm sitting here having a discussion, a rational discussion with my girlfriend, and I'm going to tell her she does, in fact, look fat in those jeans how many no no if you say something in the midst of an argument you do something out of fear or panic or whatever or you're rushed oh i'm running late for work what are we going to do when i punched a a, and broke my windshield and the junky mercury my second car second or third car was a gigantic called driving it called yachting it was a 1979 mercury cougar it was huge rushing to get to work, and I spilled my water in there, oh, I'm late, I'm late, and I stupidly punched the windshield, and it spidered everywhere, like, oh, my God, that was stupid, I would not have just sat there calmly and said, oh, you want to fight, windshield, let's go, I drunkenly punched a jukebox once, (laughs) I was a freak. <laughs> Just like, oh come on, it's frustrating me. That's wildly stupid. You do these stupid things when you're young and stupid, but you always do it in an emotional state. You don't go, hey, that jukebox swung first. No, it didn't swing first. You got all these things that you you do and you do it and it's stupid and you get hurt or somebody else gets hurt because you're in an emotional state. The left wants people in those emotional states. Because if you say, vote for us, Republicans are awful. We're, eh, people sitting on their couches go, no, you guys are pretty bad, too. You're pretty bad, too. But if you go vote for us, Republicans are coming for your rights. Republicans are coming for They're going to put you in jail. They're going to criminalize you. You're, you're going to die. Somebody you love is going to die. This is going to make things worse. People are going to be dying all over this. What? Oh, my God. Those evil SOBs. They're racist, too, on top of it. And homophobe and transphobe and this-phobe and that-phobe and Come on. Let's go get them. You cause these people to go to the streets. like, My God, these, we got the American Nazi Party over there. we got to go to the streets for the world must know. How can anybody do it? You, know, you go up and you ask these people out in the streets, what do you hear protesting? Republicans are evil. How? Uh, they want to do, and they'll inevitably list things that are, have nothing to do with what anything close to what Republicans want to do. Oh, the Republicans are for the rich. That's Democrats who are trying to, change tax law so that you can get the state and local tax deductions to help rich people in Democrat states. It's not Republicans. The Democrats are actively advocating for tax cuts for their wealthy donor class. It's not Republicans. It's Democrats. Well, uh, they're anti-worker. They're anti... Really? Because Democrats are importing a ton of people, uh, millions of people, really, to come in and flood the employment market, the low-skilled, no-skilled work market where you're more likely to uh, have low wages. There'd be no upward pressure on wages whatsoever. Uh, that's Democrats who want you to lose out on a job to an illegal alien or a new American or whatever. You want an increase in the minimum wage. Why would there, why would, you know, doesn't matter if you increase the minimum wage when inflation is at eight and a half percent. Great. Here's a, here's a, five and a half percent. Wages were up five and a half percent. Democrats will try and beat that drum. We have wages are up five and a half percent. Inflation is is at eight and a half percent. So people are losing three and a half percent every year on every dollar they earn thanks to Democrat policies. They don't want to point that out. They want to blame Republicans. You talk to a liberal and you will find that they are just mad. They don't know why. And it's because the Democratic Party has whipped them into a frenzy because people in a frenzy don't think. And thinking is kryptonite to Democrats. They can't handle that. They need to keep people in that frenzy. Now I want to play this audio from uh, Joy Reid because she is dumb. She is just wildly dumb. She is educated Allegedly, I think she was a Rhodes Scholar, which really means if you're if you're out there and you got a kid who's in college, and like, or maybe you, if you're you're in your mid to late twenties, and you go I, Rhodes scholarship, that would be fun. But they give those to really exceptional people. No. No, they, I think you just apply for them. There are plenty of awards. Look, the the radio industry is full of a bunch of scumbags, and they're full of a bunch of awards, just like the media is. And they, these, uh, if you find out about, you game the system, and you go, oh, there's an award. I'm going to apply for this award because nobody applies for these awards because most people don't know about them because you wouldn't think. You think you think you just go. You're doing your job really well. And uh, somebody goes, yes, we recognize you're doing your job really well, and we want to award you. We want to give – no, that's not how it works. In the media, you have to submit your your work for consideration for various – for all the awards. You have to submit it. They're not looking for anybody. So they say, well, he won the Pulitzer Prize. A lot of people probably wrote better stories but they didn't bother to apply for a Pulitzer Prize because they they thought, well, I wrote this amazing story. The Pulitzers will notice it. No, you got to apply for it. You got to put in the uh, application fee. See, this is how these scams work. You can win an award if you apply for it, and you can, uh, as long as you pony up in the check clears for your application fee, then you'd be surprised how many people win awards. (laughs) <laughs> they just win awards for applying uh, the same as with Rhodes road Scholarships and other things, Joy Reid is a Rhodes Scholar, uh, Rachel Maddow is a Rhodes Scholar, those people strike you as particularly bright you think of all, Cory Booker is a Rhodes Scholar, do you really think Spartacus is some level of genius that you're sitting there going, this, well, this can't be how could anybody compete with him, he's, he's Cory Booker he's a damn genius, no Anybody can get these things if you just apply. you got to game the system. Notice that, hey, they're giving these to a lot of liberals. Um, so maybe you want to tone down your politics uh, a little bit in your application. And you can get one. You can do it. Because listen to Joy Reid. She is... Uh, She has a television show. She's making millions of dollars a year, and she doesn't know the basics of United States history, a country in which she has lived her entire life except for during her Rhodes Scholarship.
3: Um, A lot of Republicans hectoring Ketanji Brown-Jackson, Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson, about originalism, originalism. If you go back to the original conception of this country, first of all, Melissa and I weren't even people, so forget about us, right? But even women who were white women, were considered Mm -hmm. absolutely the property and ward of their husband to be transferred to their husband. Even any property, women didn't even inherit property. Whatever they had went right to the husband. And an unmarried woman was most likely to be burned as a witch. Most people who were burned as witches were often unmarried or widows, people who were untethered to a man, which is the only thing that grounded even white women in humanity. So if you are an originalist, you essentially want to go back to that original conception of women who even 50 years after black men were technically given the right to vote were still denied it, their own wives and daughters. Your thoughts?
0: Oh, my God. No, uh, The founding of this country, 1789, the uh, Salem witch trials about 140 years earlier. The, and Bernie, she's a witch. She's a, you know, and uh, it's a little known fact in American history. But when George Washington died, he was survived by Martha Washington, but when George died, the federal government immediately came in with a whole bunch of white guys, seized his property, and then burned Martha as a witch. She didn't even have a chance to mourn. They leave that out of history books, but it's there, man. It's there. You know it's there. They just don't want you to know it. God, what kind of an idiot. are uh, These people weren't even People. Leftists have been dining out on this idea that the uh, three-fifths, you know, that that slaves would count as three-fifths of a person in the census as an indication that the Founding Fathers really hated black people, that they looked at them as only three-fifths of a person. I don't know if they're this dumb to believe that or they don't know any better. Either way, I doubt they're... It's, it's too far gone. Joy Reid is is too old to learn if she doesn't know this already, which I suspect she does. She's just lying. She's full of crap. Um, it was, If they didn't do that, the South, the slave owners, wanted slaves to be counted as, as people in the census so they would get even more representation in the House of Representatives. That would have been awful for the slave anti-slave movement and so the north also would have been basically controlled by the southern slave owners and that would have perpetuated slavery in this country probably indefinitely the founding fathers said no the northern states had absolutely not they came up with the three fifths number to find a middle ground without it there would not be a united states of course we're dealing with people who don't want there to be a united states now so they have no interest in telling you the truth. But the truth does matter. Just not over at MSNBC. Scum. And on that note, we shall call it a day in the start of a new week, ladies and gentlemen. A uh, quick update on my dad. He is home. He's going to the doctor today, Monday. Um, he's, he got home Thursday evening, which is good. It's great he's gone to the hospital, but he's still feels incredibly weak and tired he went five days without being able to eat or drink uh, and four days and then like mush and he's slowly being he's back on food uh, soft food as of this moment to keep things going he just is tired and sore and he says that he feels every bit of his age and he's never felt as in his words his words quote uh, shitty in his entire life so Hopefully, whatever he meets with the doctor today and they will uh, figure out what the hell they can do to sort of get him some energy. He's 81 years old. He's not going to be running any marathons, but um, just to you know, talk to him, he sounded like you just woke him up. So hopefully that uh, can be taken care of. If I'm not here for uh, whatever reason, I'll try and drop a note here, but if there's no show or whatever, It'll be because I just went back there to uh, spend some time. I don't know. I'm, I'm planning to go back there soon, but it's a matter of timing. So if I can be of help back there, because uh, my sister's taking care of it right now, um, then I'm going to do it because he's my dad. So that's what you do. Uh, anyway, thanks for the prayers. Keep them coming. He just gets his energy back. It's uh, some pain taken away he's got he's uh, got nothing no cartilage in his knees, so it's um, bone on bone action it makes always made walking difficult and now being exhausted makes walking more difficult he's having trouble sleeping so all the prayers are welcome um, and the prayers of one person who entered the contest at patreon.com slash Derek hunter podcast have been answered that is uh, let's see if I can't screw this up Elena gorlick. Elena Gorlick, congratulations, you won the Brian Kilmeade signed book plate. That is, uh, you got a message from me asking for your address, send me your address, I shall send you, you throw me the idol, I throw you the whip. And that means that Brad Thor is still up for grabs, and I grabbed another Brian Kilmeade um, book plate. So it's a rematch, this is popular, very popular. So uh, hopefully somebody can win Brad Thor. It's, it's sitting there wrapped like a Christmas present that nobody opened but uh, you go to patreon.com/ Derek hunter podcast and enter all you got to do is comment on uh, the post which one you want to win and you shall uh, win it if your name is drawn by one of my kids so happy uh, day after Mother's Day to all of you I'll maybe tell you what we did Friday it's just a horrible stormy weekend but anyway have yourself a, a great start to the week. There's nowhere to go but up. Mondays suck. But we'll get through it together. See you tomorrow. Thanks for listening.